I believe selling is just connecting with people and making them an offer that is the best possible thing that they can use, right? So when I pitch someone on my program, I'm not thinking, how do I make $149? I'm thinking, what is the best possible thing I could offer this person? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not my program. Sometimes it's something else. Sometimes it's someone that I know who's a better fit. Sometimes it's them to go work on their themselves for three months and then come back and find me, right? But I'm listening. I'm attuning. I'm spending that time in that space with that person. And it doesn't need to take a really long time to make those connections either. Welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast, a podcast that talks about topics for women over 40. You know, that time of your life that many call midlife. That time of life when you can really vibe, be vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerge. Join me, Linus Woods Mullins, certified holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40, as I talk about a variety of topics that address the wellness of the mind, body, and spirit for women over 40. Remember, midlife doesn't mean no life. Midlife is an opportunity to increase your self-love, your self-care, and your self-worth. It's your time to be vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerged. It's your time to vibe. So come on, let's vibe. And welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast. I'm your host, Linus Woods-Mullins, and I also happen to be a holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40. I love to talk about topics that I feel are going to help you to vibe in your mind, body, and spirit. We're going to be talking today in particular about the whole idea of entrepreneurship in midlife. Uh, whether or not that's something that's doable or not. I think my guest has some good information that might convince you that you've been thinking about being an entrepreneur, but you're just not quite sure that this conversation right here will probably give you some real positive thought. Justine Beauregard has been a marketing strategist and executive business coach, professional sales trainer, and contributor for Entrepreneur Magazine since 2008. She's helped hundreds of entrepreneurs grow their revenue by tens of thousands of dollars, and she absolutely loves it. She's also a chronic illness warrior, thrives with ADHD, and is raising two tiny humans in her eighth year of business ownership. So I would say that she is more than qualified to speak into our lives about the whole idea of running our own businesses after 40. Justine, thank you so much for being on the Vibe Living Podcast. It's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much, Linus. It's great to be here. So tell me a little bit about you and how you became a thriving entrepreneur. Yeah, I have to say I've always had the entrepreneur spirit. So growing up, my grandmother was a serial entrepreneur. In the 80s, she had multiple computer chip companies. She was the breadwinner with five kids, running businesses, being successful. And I looked at her as such a model of possibility and just seeing what she was able to create in midlife and beyond was really when she kind of started and launched that career into something bigger, started investing in real estate and just did some incredible things. And I remember right before she died, we had a conversation on her back porch and we were sitting together and she said, out of all of my grandchildren, you're the one that's going to follow in my footsteps. And it was so powerful for me because I had done so many little businesses. I had owned, 
you know, I had run puppet shows in my backyard when I was five and six years old and charged a $5 admission fee to my neighbors to come and watch it. Um, I had done lemonade stands. I had made jewelry. I had handcrafted bags and purses. And when I went on my graduation trip from high school, we went to Aruba. And I brought jewelry with me and I sold it to all the tourists while I was there and even some of the people that worked in the hotel because I was just so passionate about sharing what I loved with the world and I wanted to make an impact. I wanted to create change and I wanted to do what I loved every day. And I worked my way up through startups for many years, um, about seven or eight years in different startups mm -hmm. Then went on to work as a director of a nonprofit loved that role, became a mom. And my husband was actually like, why are you waiting to become an entrepreneur? Why not now? You could stay home with the kids. You could have flexibility. And we tried it for a year and it's been eight years and I've never worked back. So it's been a pretty amazing road. That's amazing. You know, I, first of all, I think that just listening to you is inspiring in itself that you had someone that mentored you. And I'm hoping this conversation will be inspiring to someone who's kind of on the teetering edge of trying to decide if they want to go into business for themselves. Let's face it. Right now, our economy is very interesting. And a lot of people who are thinking of retiring are realizing that they may want to supplement their income uh, rather than just count on their retirement. So the people who are kind of teetering, why don't you give us maybe some inspirational examples of folks that you know that you know started out working for someone else and then segued into being an entrepreneur and their level of success in doing that i think that's pretty much every entrepreneur i've ever met right like a lot of the entrepreneurs that i've met have started off with just dipping their toe in and seeing how it goes um my first three months in business i made no money i made zero dollars and i worked crazy hours and I hustled and I got on the phones and I called people and I had no idea what I was doing. And there was just a level of commitment to what I wanted to create in the world. And I think aligning with something that is a motivator or something that is going to provide you with momentum and direction and clarity and excitement and joy when you show up every day, that's the key because anchoring to that is what allows you to show up when it's hard, is what allows you to keep showing up even when you're not hitting your expectations or meeting your goals because it is a long road sometimes and sometimes it's not. But even when it's not a long road, you still have to prove the efficacy of the model. So you still have to show up and repeat your success in order to truly be successful. So like Vera Wang and Martha Stewart and Oprah, like all of these amazing people became entrepreneurs later in life. Even people like Rihanna in her 30s, she was a music artist for many years. In her 30s, she created a, a makeup line. And now Fenty Beauty is one of the biggest beauty brands. She's a billionaire because of her makeup brand, not because of her singing career. That simply gave her a platform. And I think there's so many people who are shifting into entrepreneurship now. And I know Linus has talked about this before, but I think the midlife culture in general, we control 64% of spending. And like attracts like. So if you're a midlife woman who's thinking about starting a business, number one, know that your audience does exist. If you serve people just like you, it's the biggest audience, right? And also, there is something to be said about when you launch your business, thinking about the goals that you have and knowing how to align what you're saying about your business and what you're believing about it. A lot of people say, I'm just starting a side hustle. It's no big deal. I only want to make a couple hundred dollars, but it's not just a side hustle. 
You're making changes in the world. You're using skills that you have. You're leveraging expertise you've built. You're having fun. You're creating freedom. There's so much about that that is so much more than just something, right? It's not just anything. It's amazing. And you should be commended for stepping in and putting your toe in and being courageous enough to start something at any point in your life. It doesn't matter how old or young or or how vibing you are, right? Well, absolutely. And, you know, you said something that reminded me of something else when it comes to being an entrepreneur. We all have gifts, talents, and abilities that we may or may not be using. By the time you get to midlife, you were probably a pretty deep river. You probably have several skills and abilities that you've honed over time or that you've always wanted to develop. And it's all about pulling back those layers and figuring out what is it that you've always wanted to do that you know you have a gift for that you've never really done before. And many times it does not necessarily mean what it was you've done in the past. I know for me, I was in human resources for 25 years and I was very successful in that. But one thing that bothered me towards the end of my career was that I knew I wasn't using all of my gifts. I was using a few of them, like, you know, interviewing perhaps, uh, but I wasn't using all the creativity and all the other things. And I wasn't doing things that really gave me a lot of joy in terms of my interest outside of work. So when I decided to develop this company, I was able to hone in on those things that had been kind of lying dormant. And then also took the skills I learned when I was in corporate America and used those to kind of combine to create something that now, uh, you know, almost 15 years later is bearing fruit. Although I would like to say it didn't quite take 15 years, but it did take a while. And let's talk about that because some people think, well, admit like, I don't have time. It's going to take too long. You know, what do you say about that? Yeah. Well, first of all, there is no time limit on achieving your dreams, right? You could, if you want a baby, especially like women who have children, I have two children. Mm-hmm. I wanted a baby. I tried for months and months before I got pregnant with my second baby. I wasn't going to just be like, well, I'll give it three months. And then if it doesn't work out, I just won't have a child. You commit to the result that you want and you go all in on it. So you keep showing up. That's why so many, so many people are so resilient when it comes to so many parts of their life. But for some reason, when it's something that feels, and for a lot of women, I think this comes up is this feeling of selfishness. Like, Mm -hmm. well, it's just for me. Like my business is just for me. It's not for my family. Like having children is a family thing where this is just my thing. It's my dream, but your dreams matter. Your family desires to support you. Your friends desire to support you. You deserve to be supported. So there is no time limit on how long it takes you. It's the level of, like you said, you're a deep river. So are your dreams. They deserve to be you know, moved through and evolve. And as they turn the corner and you discover what's on the other side, you might be surprised. It might be wide open. It might be tight. You can navigate that and it might take a little longer. It might take a little shorter, but the end goal is always the same. You have a desire to make something happen. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. It doesn't matter how much effort it takes. And the more effort that it takes you, especially in the beginning, when you have the least amount to lose, the better. 
because as you build and grow and develop, you have less to lose, more to gain, and you have the momentum and the stamina to kind of keep you moving forward towards your goals. Whereas let's say you're super successful off the bat. You get 20 clients right away or fully booked or whatever you're doing, or you've got all these amazing customers. And then six months in, the well dries up and suddenly you start to disbelieve. There's the same level of effort, except even more mind drama at that point. And Something that was really interesting that you said, Linus, was about how you had so much expertise in HR and for so many years you used some of your skills, but not all of them. There's a book by Gay Hendricks called The Big Leap, and it talks about the four stages, the four zones. And there's the zone of incompetence, the zone of competence, the zone of excellence, and the zone of genius. And most people live most of their lives in the zones of competence or excellence. Like... I'm good at that. I can do that. People know me for that. But the zone of genius is the beautiful, expansive, magical place that you want to exist in where you have the highest ratio of satisfaction to abundance, where you show up every day in your power fully. And most people never get there. Entrepreneurship is the one space and place that I've seen thousands of people unlock their zone of genius like that. And it's magic. If you have been living like every day is just a day, you go into work, you come home, you eat the same foods, you wear the same clothes, you have this lifestyle and you're content. You might love that, but there's something different. It's almost like when you fall in love, you can't explain what it feels like to someone who's never been in love because it's so deep and just unique to every person's experience. But when you unlock your zone of genius, when you wake up every day filled with purpose and drive and a mission and just such a clear perspective on what you desire and see the impact of that, not only today, but you can see it down the line, your life changes and everyone deserves to have that level of opportunity and has the full right and potential to create it. Hi, this is Lennis Woods-Mullins, your host on the Vibe Living Podcast. I am a holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40. I help women to be well in their mind, body, and spirit by teaching them about holistic practices, fitness, nutrition, and spiritual renewal. For over 14 years, I have helped women to vibe, to be more vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerged, and into the woman that I think all midlife women want to be. If you are struggling with releasing unwanted pounds, balancing your hormones, getting rid of that sense of anxiety, enhancing your immune system, and, well, just having a better wellness journey, consider scheduling a 15-minute free consultation. Let's see if we connect and how I might be able to help you vibe along your wellness journey. Just click on the link on the show page there and it says, Contact Linus. I hope to hear from you soon.
I love that about what you said, zone of genius. You know, and when you talk about zone of genius, I'll give you an example. I mean, your zone of genius, of course, is what it is that you're doing. But in particular, within that zone of genius is how you go about doing it, what you've created that is yours. Um, I know that since I've been having uh, this business, I've created three brands. And I know I'm operating in my zone of genius because I all seven of my streams are activated. Um, you know, this vibe thing, I think, was probably my biggest zone of genius in terms of of creating something from scratch that is mine, that I have a passion for, that I absolutely understand what it means. And I think one of the first things that um, uh, women um, who are over 40, um, as they begin thinking about what they want to do, is that they got to remember they are the uh, sum total of all their experiences. They're multidimensional. And if you take some time to peel back the layers and take a look at the things that really turn you on, the things that give you joy, you are well on your way to that same zone of genius. Uh, it's hard to not do something that you have a lot of joy in, that you have a passion for, and not get an opportunity to tap that zone of genius. So let's say you're tapping that zone of genius. You you know that the idea that you have or the way that you want to implement it, you know, from the logo to the colors to the actual, you know, product itself is really good. But then all of a sudden, and this happens a lot in entrepreneurship, you finally hit that plateau. It's like, okay, now what? How do you get remotivated to keep showing up every day? What kinds of things do you uh, tell your clients to help them show up every day? Because I know consistency, even when you don't feel like it, is key. Yeah. Well, first I want to say, I think consistency is misconstrued a lot. I think a lot of people think consistency is daily. It's multiple times a day. You know, this frequency is different than consistency. And so you have to decide how often and how and for what period of time can I show up at my absolute best, right? Is that once a day? Is it twice a day? Is it twice a week? Is it twice a month? Is it once a month? What is that level of consistency? And then you just need to be clear and committed to the level of consistency. So a lot of times people will jump into a business and think, I have to be everywhere all the time. I have to start sending emails. I have to start being on all the platforms and I have to create the logo and the brand and the website and the this and the that. And they create all of these different things and they're giving like minute parts of their day to each thing, making very little impacts in a lot of different areas. Whereas the people who say, you know what? I think email is my thing. I'm going to commit to that. And I'm going to commit to sending one email a week. That's what I can commit to, to show up at my best. And they get out there and they share their email list and they have an amazing freebie and they drop people in their funnel and they're very intentional. They're so much more successful than the people who have three Facebook groups or on clubhouse for two hours a day on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, uploading videos, sharing, collaborating, even though they're doing a lot, they're hyper productive. They're not efficient with their time. And so that is one of the things where when you're feeling really like scattered or plateaued, it's usually because you're not focused on the income generating actions for your business. And they're different for everyone. You probably can open your inbox right now and find 10 emails from random people saying, here's how to grow a million dollar business in three months. Here's how to create a $10,000 month. Here's how to grow. Here's how to go viral on Facebook, whatever it is. Right. But the how doesn't matter if it's someone else's how. It's the same thing as a diet. 
if someone tells you you have to run five miles a day every day to lose weight and you hate running, you're never going to wake yourself up and go running. You have to find the process that works for your body, that works for your soul, that works for your energy levels, that fits your lifestyle or you're not going to do it. So you have to really zone in, not just on your zone of genius in terms of skill set, but also how you like to show up. Because at the end of the day, if you're not having fun growing your business, you might as well be working for someone else. And that is so true. In fact, we'll talk about that a little bit in terms of the difference between being an employee and an entrepreneur. Well, I think there's a lot of overlap and it would surprise people like if you actually sat down and took stock of who am I as an employer versus who would I be as an employee? There's a lot of things that should be overlapped. Like you should be as the employer, your best employee. You should show up on time every day, whatever your time frames are. Again, there's no right or wrong answer. Your hours could be 10 to 4. They could be Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 1 to 3 p.m. It doesn't matter what your hours are. You could work 40, 50 hours a week if you wanted to. You just have to commit to making your business a business, to showing up in your business, to treating it like a business, but also being someone who cares about the mission of the business, who shows up at their best every day, who cares, who innovates, who inspires, who not just yourself, but others as well. Like mm -hmm. you show up in your business and you think, okay, so if I were an employee, would I be, would I feel like I don't deserve a vacation? Because a lot of employees go uh, the other way, right? Like instead of giving themselves an abundance of freedom, they actually take away a lot of their freedoms that they've earned the rights to. Mm -hmm. Like you deserve to take breaks. You deserve mm -hmm. to go for a long lunch. You deserve to take multiple vacations a year. You've earned it. You deserve to also love what you do and how you do it. And resentment can build really quickly when you run your own business and you decide that, you know what, I've got to get this thing off the ground. I've got to hustle. I've got to work hard, whatever. And then you get into these cycles and these patterns of destructive behavior where you can show up day after day and not realize, well, I'm working 10 hour days. I'm exhausted. I'm serving all these people and no one's pouring into my cup. You need to balance the difference between I'm showing up as an employee for parts of my business, and I'm also managing my expectations as an employer for other parts of my business and making sure that your goals and your dreams are not costing you more than they need to be and being really wise about what your boundaries are and what your desires are and how you fill your cup on a regular basis because there's so much that can be overlooked and dropped. And even just for me in the beginning, setting a calendar reminder for, you know, I get monthly massages. I set that up seven years ago. I've been getting massages every single month. I go to the same person yesterday. Actually, I had gotten back from a vacation where I didn't work. I went, I had a client call in the morning, got a massage in the afternoon, had another client call in the afternoon. And I said, everyone should be able to live like this. Everyone should honor their boundaries, have self-care, practice good routines. And that did not impact my income. In fact, while I was at the massage, I made $7,000 and I didn't do it. 
<laughs> That's incredible. You know, I love the idea of, of talking about the work-life balance because I work with other business coaches with their clients and helping them with their wellness goals. Because if you're not putting that on your agenda as on your things to do um, <clears throat> that you have for everything else, then it's all going to be for naught because you can still be making money, but too sick to spend it or too tired yeah. to enjoy it or totally burned out or stressed out, which eventually bleeds into your business. So that's why it's important that you take care of yourself so that you can have that passion. And, you know, I know that some uh, people say, I love uh, the idea of having my business. I love the idea of, yes, we talked about operating in the zone of genius, but I don't love the idea when it comes to sales. What do you tell them about that? They are the rule and not the exception. Most people don't like selling. And I think we beat ourselves up a lot for not being natural born salespeople, but we're not natural born anything when it comes to entrepreneurship, really. Like a lot of the skills that we learn are skills that we build, we, we strengthen, we commit to growing in. And so, you know, I was having a conversation with one of my clients yesterday who said, I'm, you know, I don't know if I want to keep selling this month. I'm already at my revenue goal. And I'm like, listen, we never stop selling. Okay. You've got to find the thing that's going to motivate you. And sometimes it can be just the desire for more money or the desire for more freedom or, you know, the desire to take a vacation. It can be a very external motivator, or it might be your passion for helping people and connecting with the people that you're meant to serve and that you're put on this earth to serve. Or it could be something else, but you've got to lock into whatever is providing you that momentum and that motivation. And it should probably be a balance of internal and external motivators because you're not always going to be motivated by the money and you may not always be motivated by the mission. And so those things kind of balance each other out in a beautiful way. So you've got to find what is going to wake you up every day. And part of it too is your process for sales. A lot of people are taught that, you know, and as a sales trainer for 13 years, I could say I've taught thousands and thousands of people how to sell. I love selling. I'm a rare breed. I am the exception. <laughs> I like to be sold to. I like to sell. And part of the reason why is because of my views about selling. I believe selling is just connecting with people and making them an offer that is the best possible thing that they could use, right? So when I pitch someone on my program, I'm not thinking, how do I make $149? I'm thinking, what is the best possible thing I could offer this person? Sometimes mm -hmm. it's not my program. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's something else. Sometimes it's someone that I know who's a better fit. Sometimes it's them to go work on their themselves for three months and then come back and find me, right? But I'm listening. I'm attuning. I'm spending that time in that space with that person. And it doesn't need to take a really long time to make those connections either. So the strategy that I worked on with my client yesterday, for instance, was don't just get out there and blast 40 people in an hour. Don't send a bunch of stock messages or, you know, do those things. For some people, that works. They want to get volume. They want to get it done. That works for them. Great. For her specifically, it was about connecting. She mm -hmm. loves working with purpose-driven entrepreneurs. I said, what's your favorite thing that you could do? She said, well, I like having honest conversations with people. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, great. 
that's your task. So to sell, instead of blasting 40 people, you're going to go on one to three people's profiles, however many you can get to in 40 minutes. And you're going to sit down and you're going to look at their profile and you're going to read their mission statement. And you're going to feel what that feels like to read it. And you're going to see and experience their marketing materials. And you're going to hear the stories and of the impact that they've had on the world. And then you're going to reach out and you're going to say something totally different to each one of them, whatever sparks it for you. Maybe there's something in alignment between their life and your life. Maybe there's something in alignment between their mission as a brand and your mission as a brand. Maybe there's something they shared recently or a partnership they created that you're like, wow, that's amazing. I want to congratulate them. And you have a meaningful conversation. That takes about five minutes to go through someone's profile and look at that. Then you offer to get them on a call. You talk to them for 15, 30 minutes. If you did that every single day, just 30 minutes a day, connected with someone in five minutes, had a 25 minute conversation with them, your conversion rate would go from like 2% or less on social media up to probably 20 to 50% on a call. It's amazing. It's amazing. And yeah. you know, a lot of times people have a tendency to think uh, think in terms of large numbers. I know for me personally, it is about that one-on-one -on -one connection. And I have a lot of different pots. So I use different kinds of approaches for whatever pot I'm in at the time. But always with the idea of not really being vested in the income. Because when I'm vested in the outcome, vested in the income outcome. Uh, because yeah. first of all, when it works out, I'm always so surprised like oh well, you know because i've done my thing and then i go on to something else instead of belaboring doing the thing like oh they're gonna go bad no, do it and go on to something else i found that not being vested in the uh, outcome sets me up for celebration and success in a different way because when it does happen you're like oh my gosh and that's important isn't it when you do meet, make that goal whatever it is whatever it is that's on your to-do list that you've been kind of like putting off and finally do it and you accomplish that goal you got to celebrate it right absolutely and people don't do the math either they think they need 10,000 followers you will need 10,000 followers if you want to create a 100k business and all you're doing is marketing right. but if you're doing direct sales and let's say your offer is a $1,000 offer, right? You're going to make a $1,000 lifetime customer value or annual customer value from someone each time you make a sale. And you connect with one person a day in a meaningful way and have a 50% conversion rate. That's over 100 clients at $1,000 a piece is over $100,000. So you don't need the volume when you have done the math and when you have a strategy that suits you and really works so if you're doing the direct sales approach and you're getting two percent conversions that either is an indicator that you need to build that skill set more or that maybe the volume play is your play and you do better at high numbers of you know mass marketing versus one-to-one -one conversations but very rarely is that the case usually you build your strengths in one-to-many formats when you master the one-on-one -on -one format and that is what direct sales is and a lot of people skip over it because it's too scary or you know they build it up in their head but I was listening to um, an interview with Will Smith recently on the David Letterman show, and he said, you know, 99% of what people obsess over and really like get in their head about and worry about, make themselves sick over, never happens. And it's so true. We spend so much time, like think about when you get a shot at the doctor or you're going to the dentist or something and you build it up in your brain and you think, oh, this is going to be terrible. And for weeks, that's all you think about and it consumes you. And then you get there and it's like, Boop, all done. 
I know. Many times the things we obsess over are, it's never as bad as what you think it's going to be. I, I you know, I, I love that quote by Joyce Myers who says, you know, you might be fearful, you're, you know, afraid to do whatever. Well, do it anyway. Do it with fear anyway. On the other yeah. side of that fear is so much ex exhilaration. It's kind of like this thing that I go through every single summer season. It's ridiculous. I've had a swimming pool in my backyard for 20 years. And every single summer season, I go to the diving board and I'm like, oh, no. Do I get like, yeah, I go through this whole thing, you know, about jumping in that first time. There's this like little trepidation or fear. So finally, I say, "Oh, just do it anyway." And I jump into the pool, uh, you know. Again, I was like, "Oh, that was fun. Let's do it again," you know. But it's that impetus that you know the stories we tell ourselves, those conversations in our head that don't support us. Those are the things that we have to learn to ignore and still go ahead and do the thing that you know will ultimately bring you joy even if there's some fear attached to that. Because I find the more fear that's attached to something, the greater the joy. And, and the reason why I talk about joy so much is that I think in midlife, I think our keen wellness pursuit should be joy in whatever form it comes in. Because many times we as women in midlife have sacrificed the joy piece for you know other things, you know, raising our children, pursuing our careers, buying the house, all these different kinds of stuff that might eventually bring joy, but you know, basically it involves sacrifice and stress. Uh, but now that we're on the other side of that, it's not that you won't have sacrifices. It's not that you won't stress, but you're wise. You've got wisdom. So you can still do those things and experience joy at the same time. Just like I've experienced joy talking to you, Justine. It's been wonderful. You've oh, said so you. many things that are going to give me pause to thought. I'm like, hmm, I need to get on a one-on-one -on -one call with Justine. <laughs> So thank you so much. And for those who uh, want to get on that one-on-one -on -one call, we have all of Justine's information on the show page, whether you're on Google Play or on Apple or Spotify, our heart, wherever you're listening to, take a look at the show page to find out how to get in touch with her because she is awesome. I've gotten to know her. She's a client of mine in the uh, Vibe Wellness Woman group, and she is just amazing and has a plethora of information when it comes to really succeeding in your online marketing, in your sales, and in your business. Justine, thank you so much for being on the Vibe Living Podcast today. It's been wonderful having you here. Thank you so much, Linus. It's been a pleasure. All right. And thank you to all of you who've been listening. Listen, I have gotten some of your comments. Thank you so much. You've been following instructions. I've asked you to please like, subscribe, and comment. You've been doing that, and I appreciate it so much. Please take good care of yourselves. Have a fantastic rest of the day, and don't forget to vibe. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Please take a look at the links below in the show page. Those links belong to the premium members of my Vibe Wellness Woman Facebook community. These premium members have products and services that you should really check out. Click on the link below to find out more about these wonderful women who have products and services that focus on the needs of the midlife woman. Thank you for listening to the Vibe Living Podcast. Please feel free to download, rate, share, and like the show. To find out more about living a vibe life, go to my website at wellnesswoman40.com or email me at vibelivingpodcast at gmail.com. Have a fantastic day and don't forget to vibe.